Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. All right, so we start with my motivational quote, and today it's by Susan Barbara Apollon, and it says, Spiritual healing is often experienced as a state of harmony, balance, greater well-being, and joyfulness. So how many of you guys have had deja vu? It's such a weird feeling as if you're reliving a moment from the past or future over again. So does this mean that we have some form of a psychic power or does everyone actually experience some level of seeing or feeling things that perhaps we just aren't able to explain? Instead of guessing or speculating about this topic of psychic ability and psychic gravitation and and the spiritual um, energy beings that we are, I'm excited to have an international expert um, on the show with us today. So my guest is Elizabeth Joyce, and I just want to give you some background. So Elizabeth has been psychic since birth and is named one of the world's greatest psychics as well as America's top 100 psychics in 2014. We have her with us today, which I think is extremely exciting. And Elizabeth has been profiled in at least 12 books. She's a spiritual healer and gives personal psychic readings worldwide. Uh, But wait, there's more. She's extremely talented. Uh, Elizabeth is a professional astrologer, spiritual counselor, energy healer, medium, clairvoyant, and teaches the new energies of the fifth dimension. Millions of people have witnessed her incredible psychic powers on TV shows such as Unsolved Unsolved Mysteries, Beyond Chance, and The Psychic Detectives, as well as CNN News. A frequent guest on radio shows across the country, Elizabeth appears on Coast to Coast AM, the Shirley MacLaine Hour, and NPR. She has been profiled in Women's Day Magazine, Wall Street Magazine, The National Examiner, The New York Times, and so many others. Elizabeth is also the author of numerous books, articles, and guided meditation uh, audio MP3s, and today we're going to discuss her most recent book, The Unlimited Reality. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show and just sharing your brilliance with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm very excited about this topic um, and about discussing your book. So I want to start by how do our thoughts create our depression or abundance mentality? Well, you know, one of my teachers was the wonderful woman, Louise Hay. And, of course, she has taught everybody that thoughts are things, and they really are. And what we used to do when we were in Louise classes is walk up a flight of stairs with a tape recorder and record our thoughts as we were walking up the stairs. Oh, I don't want to do this. How come I have to do this? This is hard. How come the stairs are so long? Is there another step? That type of thing that we run through our minds. Then we had to turn around and walk down and change every sentence into a positive thought. Somehow we're trained from a a little child to worry, to be concerned, to not give ourselves a lift. And that's why we have the diseases or uncenteredness or concerns or sometimes we'll stumble when we're walking because we're so preoccupied with other things. And usually they're negative. I can't do it. 
I don't think it's going to happen. I want it, but, 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 but. We always do that instead of embracing it and thanking spirit for what they're bringing and telling spirit what we need. I remember one time when I had had major surgery. I had just sold my home. I had no job. I had no place to go. And I had to move. So I went to the realtors around town to ask them what was available in the town I was living in, which was Allendale, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And they don't have apartments in Allendale, New Jersey. But Mm -hmm. one of the realtors knew a friend who was maybe going to rent his house. He had a house that was empty, and he was maybe going to rent it. And I begged the realtor to give me the address. He didn't want to, but he did. So what I did, this was instinctive. Mm-hmm. I got up at midnight every night. I went to that house. I sat in the driveway, and I thanked God for letting me move there. And I told God that I needed to be in that house for at least a year until I could get myself balanced again. And that's the house I moved to. I wanted to keep my children in the same town. And all of a sudden, the man decided to rent it, and I got it. That's awesome. That's how, that's how we work. That's what, how we need to use our minds. When you see something, Connie, when you see something that's coming that you're worried about, mm-hmm. see it happening, see the ending happening the way you desire. Put the thought out, because thoughts are things. Thoughts are energetic. They're like birds. They're, they're like energy. And, and they can be seen on other levels. The thought can be seen, believe me. And, you know you see an, air, an airplane flying on the beach, and it has that sign behind it? Yes, yes. Well, that's what a thought looks like. So so if we put, at least if we put it out, well, here's the thing. If we put a negative thought out there, that vibrates at a negative, um, you know, you goes out there. a negative, negative response. Exactly. So if you put it out in a positive way. And it's interesting. That was such a good visual exercise that Louise Hayes made you do going up and down the stairs. Just your thoughts going up, blah, 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 you know, negative, and then coming down to shift them into the positive. Sure. But we could do that in our daily lives when you find yourself thinking, oh, I don't want to get up, or oh, I have that test today, or oh, I have that stupid mm-hmm. meeting today, to shift it, in, and, and you're saying visualize a, a great result to the test or the meeting or whatever it is, right? Did I understand that right? Right. I can remember I, I worked for lawyers for a time after I left aviation, and I had a meeting every half hour, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm. And I had a lot of anxiety getting ready for work. So I said, oh, I forgot. I just took a minute, and I saw myself going from one meeting to the next. Mm -hmm. I saw some meetings not quite as long as a half hour, and I said, everything's going to happen smoothly and easily. And it did. Mm -hmm. The entire day. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that our thoughts do create the reality that, you know, that we create. We create it. We are in control. The thing that really people have a difficult time understanding, and I think at this juncture in life where we all know we now have to tune into something that's beyond us in order to survive and have a happy life, I think 
to know that every single thing that happens to us happens for a reason. Yeah. So let's go to the post office, Connie. We're going to go to the post office, and we're going to give the mail to the postman and buy stamps, and he's going to slam it down. He slams it down. He says, here's your change. Okay, so are we going to get mad at him because he was rude, or are we going to say, I'm so sorry you're having a difficult day? Mm-hmm. I hope that you're feeling better soon. Yes. Because that's giving love. Yes. That's giving support. That's and acknowledging where he is and accepting it and dealing with it. We Why get angry. do we always want to fight and hurt back? Yes, we, we get angry. We're an angry society. I think we're an angry society. I know. Girl. And you know yeah. what that's called? That's called the ego. The E-G-O. Easing yep. God out. Yes. Hmm. I like that. That's the now, ego. Yes. Now, you mentioned before that our thoughts can actually cause disease within our, our bodies, but we can also heal ourselves. So Absolutely. Why, yeah, so now let's say that I'm ill, whatever, whatever my, my ailment is, and I think, no, I really, really want to heal myself. I want to be healthy. How can we stop yeah, ourselves? When you say that, when you say that, I want to, that's not enough. You need to say, I am healed. Yes, well, that's right. I'll tell you another one. <laughs> you want yes. another one? Yeah, yeah, when sure. I, when I was 18, I had kidney failure, <sighs> and I was in the hospital. And they thought that it wouldn't come back, and they were talking to my identical twin sister if I could have one of her kidneys to save my life. And she said no. <laughs> she wouldn't do it. Well, I didn't know anything about it. The nurse came in, and she was very upset, and she was wringing her hands, and she looked at me. She didn't know who she was talking to. And she said, I'm so sorry, but your sister has refused to give you a kidney. And I said, what? And she said, your sister has refused to give you a kidney. I said, nothing in that girl is coming into my body. <laughs> that was my answer. And I, we, I had a little chit-chat with my guides that night. And I said, okay, guys, this is what you're going to do. Now, this, this is called setting a condition, but I didn't know it. I was very young. Yeah. I'm not having anything of hers in my body. I refuse to take it. So you're either going to get me well and up, or you're going to take me, and I don't care what you do. Which one? It's your choice. But I I'm surrender. not having anything of hers in my body. Next day, my kidney was working, and my temperature was down to normal, and I went home. Isn't that crazy? It, it, it's you surrendered, right? To to that that's just, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because and we think we we want. But, but Elizabeth, that's that's what I think humans. What we do, we want to control everything. So, like before, you said you set the intention that the that your day was going to flow from one meeting to the next, and right, you know, right. we want to control everybody in the meetings, and we want to control the okay. time, and we don't surrender to. Let me let, let me let me tell you what third dimensional consciousness is. Okay. I want what I want when I want it without regards of consequences. That's right. We're and they do not think about how they're affecting other people, about whether the, the universe is in balance or in, in agreement with what they 
are desiring. For example, what about the girl with the boyfriend? I can never get a guy. I'm not dating. I'm number two. I wish I could get a guy. When am I going to get a guy? And, I, and my answer is, when are you going to open to love? Yes. When you right. love yourself, then someone will come. Oh, that's stupid. That's what you hear back. No, it's not. Why do you want a guy? Because you want your selfish love or because you truly want to intertwine and enjoy a life together? Sure. Which is it? What do you do? What do you do when you give a recommendation or an advice or you state, just like you said then, which, which do you want? And they kind of like, yeah, yeah, you, like you don't know what you're talking about. How do you handle oh, yeah. when you get that pushback? Because it happens. I mean, I, I see it all the time when I do oh, my sure corporate coaching. Sure yeah. what, do you, what do you do? How do you respond to that? God bless you in your truth. Okay. Because you God can't control you them. In your truth. No, they're blind, honey. It's like the blind leading the blind. You know, the blind leading the blind are these teachers out there that have no spiritual concept, but they're doing psychic readings, or they're making it, they're doing it all for money, or they're wanting to manipulate students to be in their class and nobody else's class because they're the best, all that kind of thing. There we go with ego again. Yes. We have so many, so many people out there that don't know what they're doing. They don't. For example, we were talking about energy earlier, and I, I told you that I can't sing like Barbara Streisand, and you can't either. These psychic parts of us, which is called psychic gravitation, um, is, is normal. It's as normal as singing in the shower or going for a walk. We just haven't tapped into it as a human race, but we are beginning to have a spiritual renaissance, and we are beginning to realize that we need the telepathic help of other beings in other locations to help us through life. Now, what are they? Aren't there some that are lower, lower energetic beings? Yes, there are. They're called entities. And these entities are coming in as spiritual teachers and spiritual masters, and they're taking over souls. They're grabbing souls. It, and they're making them think that they're great teachers. And they're not. That's and scary. And that's going on right. Yeah, it's very scary. I, I had the experience last fall when... Uh, uh, people came from Australia saying they were channeling a group of uh, beings on another planet. So I went to see what this was all about. Mm. And what happened was my body got taken over and I started to die. And I lay in my bed and I could feel my organs closing down and I knew that I had been taken over. I did not know how it had happened. Mm. Well, how it had, because we, everybody has to be in agreement. How it had happened is they said, do you want a reading? And I said, sure, why not? And that was their agreement. It took my, I have a wonderful energetic healer. It took her three hours to get that energy out of me. Wow. And then it took me a good two weeks to heal. But you see, I could see it and I understood it and I knew what was going on. How many people don't? So how do you avoid that, Elizabeth? How do you... You can't avoid protect. it. You can, you can protect yourself. You protect yourself every day. Morning meditation and nightly review without missing. I mean, we take a shower and brush our teeth and go to the bathroom. Morning right. meditation and nightly review needs to be incorporated into your life. And then you build your auric shield. But this, I believe, happened for me to have the lesson 
to tell others that this is going on. I finally realized that this is going on. I, I remember years ago there was a teacher named Lazarus from Philadelphia, Jack Purcell. Mm-hmm. And I remember this girl raving about him. Oh, he was wonderful. And she brought me home a video and she put it on and I went into hysterical laughter. And she said, what are you laughing at? I said, this guy's a fake. He's a, he's a, a unicorn from um, Ireland. And he's not anything that is of the higher levels. Nothing. He's nothing. And, she could, and this made, man made thousands of dollars and packed theaters. Are they con artists or they don't realize that they, they aren't really gifted? I, I, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think what they are are people that are doing their thing and others see them and say, oh, we can make good money out of this. Let's do a production. Because they're never alone. They have help. Ah. I mean, if I could, I could name some very famous ones, but I would get in trouble. Really? Very famous ones that are out there. So they just, have, just, they just have a good shtick, right? So that people like, oh, they're it. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're marketing. They're good marketing of, of themselves. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Let's take a quick break, Elizabeth. Then when we come back, you know, you mentioned a couple of things about things that we want. I want a boyfriend. Some, most people say I want more mm-hmm. money. Um, all of those kinds of things, and yet we feel guilty. And I do want to talk about that relationship with guilt and how it actually can be quite dangerous so we'll take a break and then we'll talk about that it's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn it's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return it's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. We're back, and we are speaking with Elizabeth Joyce about her new, very cool book, Unlimited Realities. Um, And we're really discussing how we are energetic beings that create what's going on around us uh, to, to a large extent. So before we were, before the break, we were talking about, and you use the example of I want a boyfriend and, um, or I want you know, someone to love me, whatever it might be. And I know that a lot of people, I know we have a lot of worries about money and everybody wants more money, right? So, but then when you think I want more money, then we feel guilty about it. So it is, are these cravings and desires that we want, whether it's money, romance, etc., are they bad? A guilt is somebody wanting you to do what you don't really want to do, and it doesn't work. Okay. So wanting more money, I don't think people feel guilty about that. I think people feel a longing about that when they can't pay their bills, just yes. like we feel a longing for God. 
Mm-hmm. But we need to realize how do we earn money? Money is energy. Mm-hmm. Money is energy. You put the energy out and you get it back. And if you don't believe that and you fight that and you go, I'm exhausted, I can't deal with that, then you're going to be with lack. You have to figure out and take steps towards earning and bringing in. Money comes to me quickly and easily and back out to do the good. There's your new mantra. Money comes to me quickly and easily and back out to do the good. Now you're in balance. Now, this is something that Connie can remember and say to her people as she's going off the air, right? Yes. It's no, a I, mantra. Actually, yeah. I got that mantra from the World Council of Churches in New York City at Riverside Drive because they pray for people. And they were teaching, money comes to me quickly and easily and back out to do the good. I got that mantra in the 1970s. But and you it know, works. and you know what's interesting, Elizabeth. And I know you wrote, you write about this in your introduction about your sister that she had a very, and I'm, my words, poverty mentality where I, I have to hold on to this stuff. And you were taught by your grandmother to have this very giving, altruistic kind of uh, perspective. But the reality, and everybody listening, I think Elizabeth realizes, once you give, and it doesn't always have to be monetarily, because a lot of people don't have a lot of money to, to be giving out there due to expenses, kids in college, whatever it might be. But when you give of yourself, truly give of yourself, what comes back to you is exponentially. So I love, I just love that mantra. You just, you know, we threw the money in, right? Money comes to me quickly and easily and back out to do the good. But it's true, right. the more money we have, the, the more good we can do out there to help underprivileged children or, or whatever it is that, you know. Or if you have your own children and yes. you're not going to give it away, you're going to use it to support them because you're a single mom. Right, that's you don't right. have to give it to other people. You have to take care of family first. Family is always first. Always. Always first. And the thing is, is that when somebody comes and gives you a sob story and you give them your money and then you have no money, you wonder why. Right. Well, I wanted to because it's charity. No, 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 no. Money is for you and your energetic being and it's like food. You have to eat first before you can feed others. That's right. So That's I right. hope that that will help you. And guilt is, it, we have so much guilt about money because we're not taught properly about what money really is. We're not taught. We're taught about, you know, the poor people over in Africa or whatever. We're not taught how to feed us here. And this country is learning that now on many levels, isn't it? It certainly yes. is. Yes, and it's it's so funny. Two early um, memories uh, as a child, and the one, you know, my mom obviously food was very important Italian household, and you know we would I don't want the tomatoes or I don't want the broccoli, and she would say you have to eat everything on your plate. There's people starving. Oh yeah, that's what that's what we had when we were younger. The guilt that you had to eat everything on your plate, but it's a disservice because if I was full or I didn't like it, you know, then you have weight issues, you have emotional issues. And the other, you'll, you'll appreciate this because we grew up in similar towns, Elizabeth, in, in northern part of New Jersey. I grew up in Newark, and I remember I was a little girl, and we drove past these very big houses. And, you know, I mean, we lived in a modest house. My grandparents lived upstairs. We lived downstairs. And we, as we passed by, I said, I was in the back seat, and I said, oh, who lives in those houses? 
houses. They must be like movie stars. And my mother and father both said crooks live there. Um, bad people live there. And apparently it was the mob or the mafia or whatever. And we were very active, you know, back in the 60s. And I was like, oh, bad people live in big houses. So now that's so... Right? How, think about that limiting belief. I was a kid. What did I know? Now, fast forward. We live in, in Holmdel. I, I think you're familiar with it, uh, again, because you're a Jersey girl. And it's, it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. lovely, affluent town. And they were building a brand-new, ginormous house, like a six or 7,000-square-foot house, you know, down the street a couple of miles. And in front was like a little tyke slide or whatever it was. And as we're passing by, I say to my husband, who lives there with little kids? They're young people. I said, what do they do for a living? I bet it's illegal. And and Elizabeth, as it came out of my mouth, I, I put my hands over my mouth and I said to my husband, oh my God, talk about my limiting belief of a child. And I sent love to that house. And I said, God bless them and whatever business they're in. Um, and I hope they do, do good for the world, right? And my husband was like, wow, Elizabeth, it, it was a moment of, of um, like a challenge for me. Yes, yeah, it's a moment of awareness. And let me tell you something, there's something beyond that that I want you to know, Connie, that's very beautiful. That proves that you overcame that limiting belief in that moment. And now oh. it's gone. You don't need another lesson. Now you oh. go on to your next lesson. So you really? release that out of your karmic field. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. So and, now, and, now you go on to whatever your next limiting belief is, and you get to work on that. Exactly. One step at a time. Right, Elizabeth? We're all mm-hmm. works in progress. That's so funny. So, all right, let's talk about that. You just said that I, I let go of that lim- limiting belief. How do we really let go, or, or how do we hone in on that skill? It takes a lot. It takes an awful lot. Um, I think that, again, I'm going to go back to morning meditation and nightly review, because Mm -hmm. when you're doing nightly review, you think about your day, Mm -hmm. and you think about what you did during that day, and you might have hurt somebody's feelings. You might have had a limiting belief. You might have said, I want what I want when I want it. And you need to look at it and say, oh, well, I didn't really mean to do that. And mm-hmm. once you see that, you need to take a step to heal it. You have 24 hours to make amends. And this is what I teach. Keep a journal by your bed. Find some gratitude. Even if, you're, even if your favorite team won a game, find some gratitude for the day. I got to feed the birds today. I really had a beautiful day. And then think about who you treated, what you said, what you did. If you if you said, I had a great day and I made so-and-so feel comfortable, I'm very happy with my day, then you can sleep and you'll find peace. But when you say, oh, I upset him, I yelled at him, I was so mad, then you have to 24 hours to reverse that. And you can reverse it in your mind. You can go back to the moment, think about the upsetting part, and change your words in your mind. Because when you do that, it's going to make it easier to take care of apologizing. So you apologize you do it. in your mind first. And it's the same then, thing if you're going to have a job. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're going to be interviewed and you're scared, visualize the interview. See the interview going well and then go and have the interview and you've changed the energy. It's interesting when I, you know, teach um, 
my managers at the corporations that I, I work with and you you have to coach your people right you have to teach your people to grow and whether it's customer service you know sales whatever it is and I I believe that role-playing is such a vital tool because telling oh, someone yeah. oh you, you need to say bah, 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 and then having them actually try it out in that safe environment is so much more effective so you know telling is showing versus telling but exactly what you're saying is show yourself in your mind executing the apology or the interviewer or speaking engagement, whatever it might be, and visualize it successfully, you've run it through your mind, you'll have a better chance of duplicating it. It's almost like doing an internal role play, right? Now, now listen, when I do my intensives, I have something called the hot seat, mm -hmm. which is a pillow in front of me. And a person will come with a terribly, deeply, long-lasting emotional problem with another person. Okay. Usually it's a family member, mother, son, husband, wife, and I have her come and sit on the hot seat. And then she looks around the room and she picks who's going to play the person that she's having trouble with. And they come and sit on the other side. Now the rule is that the the woman that's troubled talks to the other one, but they have to look in each other's eyes and not break the content. And then she tells them all the reasons that she's angry, gets it all out. And the other woman takes a deep breath, looks back at the first one, and tells her how she's feeling. And the other one can't, can't talk. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the healing that goes on and the shifts that go on. And when you go home, what a difference you have in the relationship because it gets it all out. It's wonderful. And I also think you give by having the other person speak back to the one who has the... the, the oh, sure. The, it gives them a because what, she does, what she's doing is she's tuning into the real person and she's bringing the energy through the field of mm -hmm. oneness into her so that she can say it so the other person can hear what what is said most times we get so jammed up and every single time i give a reading i see this we get so jammed up with our emotions and we're so tight we mm. can't listen to what anybody else is saying much less our our inner guides yeah and or that's hearing. why we would go to somebody that would be spiritual counseling which is what i like to say i do yeah. um, so that they can unravel it Yes, because we can't we can't see the other perspective all the time, because, like you said, because we're so closed off. So that's just a, a, a it's kind of a simple exercise, but it helps uh, it helps the person get it off their chest, right? Verbally saying what they're thinking and feeling. Maybe they couldn't do that to the other person, and now you hear the other person's perspective back that you weren't in a place to hear in the first place, right. or actually process right. in the first place. And yeah. that is what healing is. That's what yes. healing is. Yes, and I, it's much it. better to handle it that way than to have resentment and want to get revenge. When you have resentment, then you eat yourself up. What happens when you eat yourself up? You get cancer. Yes, you get cancer. You get kidney failure. Kid kidneys are f from being pissed off. Cancer is eating yourself alive, and you don't have to do that. You can change that. We do. We create the disease right through the different. Um Thoughts or limiting right thoughts or th exactly that's exactly right. We have literally just a minute or so left, so I have one more question, and it's probably a big one. But if you could give us maybe a little tip, how can we find inner peace and and know that all is well? especially people who are stressing over money or if they just lost a job or they're look searching for a new job, how do we find that inner peace, Elizabeth? Go within. 
and ask yourself, what can I do to generate the energy for money to come in? What is it that I need to do? Do I need to stay in this job that I hate, with this boss that I hate, and endure this every day? Or is there something that I can do to create the change? And then listen, be willing to try something new. If you've done something, oh, I've done that my whole life. Well, it's time to stop, isn't it? If it's not, if it's not serving you, what other talents do you have? Everybody is finding out now that there are more than one talent that we have and that we can do different things. And I predict, I predict that we're not going to be going out to work every day, nine to five anymore. We're going to start working from our homes and we're going to start doing things, do something that makes you happy and you'll never have to worry about money. And that's true. If you're passionate, right, people feel your passion and your honesty and integrity come through. And if you're helping others through whatever that passion is, right, the money, sure. the, again, we were talking about that before, that you're, you give of yourself, right, and what comes when back to you. When you flow, is, everything flows. flows. When you're in the yeah. flow, everything flows. Yeah. And you have to take the time. The trouble is Americans are lazy. They're used to McDonald's. And I always say, no, I am not McDonald's. You have to take the <laughs> time to go within and listen and build up your energetic field i can't do it for you That's i can right. tell you how to do it but i can't do it for you yeah so when you say you stop and listen um can you give an example of something that they might feel or or sense or a fleeting thought like how do you know oh my goodness that- honey that is all through my book of unlimited realities and it starts with me being taken out of new jersey and going to new hampshire yep. and the way that i was punished was i was given a mat and i had to go sit out under a pine tree and you remember reading that. Yes. As I sat against the pine tree, I had to figure out why my grandmother was mad, mm-hmm. what I had done to make her mad, and go in and tell her. Yep. And she always had a chore for me to do afterwards. She would listen, and she would understand if I couldn't explain it well. And then she would give me a hug, and she'd have me either do the dishes or sweep the floor or fold the laundry or whatever I had to do. There was always something to do. And then everything went back to normal again. But she forced you to learn how to listen to self. That she was such a me. Well, she didn't force I, me to right, do anything. Right. She true. taught me she taught you, yeah. how to go within yes. and use it wisely. Yes, yes. What a great um what a great teacher, right? She was she was one of your she was was she your she was your first teacher, right? Oh, absolutely. And let yes. me tell you something. I learned about timeout before we ever heard about timeout. <laughs> People don't understand what timeout is. They 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 it's, it be, it has become a struggle of wills. Yes, negative. Instead of telling the child to sit there, think about what what why they're there, and coming and telling the parent. This is what I did, and I and I see that, and I'm sorry, or whatever. Right, that's self actualization. It's not done that. Yes, yeah. not yeah. done that way. So the parents get so frustrated with the kids. How can you get frustrated with a four year old? Yeah. How can you get frustrated with a four year old? You're there to show the four year old what's right and what's wrong. Love it. Understand that the child is going to make the mistake. Don't condemn the child for making the mistake. And don't say, well, you're taking me away from time. I don't have time to deal with this. What do you mean you don't have time to deal with this? You have a child. 
the first responsibility is the child. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you, you get we do. We get mad at our kids, right, for whatever. But think how many mistakes we've made. Like, look in the mirror before you start <laughs> screaming. Right? I make, I make mistakes every day, Elizabeth. <laughs> I know, of course. And it makes us better and wiser and stronger and, and, and all of those things. Um, we are out of time. And I just love, I loved uh, the show. I loved our conversation. So, guys couple of things. Um, go to Elizabeth's website. It's www.new and then a hyphen visions.com. No worries. I will post it on the Architect of Change platform. Also, she has a 24-hour hotline. She is not a drive-through. You heard Elizabeth. She's not McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> but she has a 24-hour line um, if you need to get in touch with her for a reading or to speak with her, whatever that might be. That number is 201 area code 9348986 that too will be on the architect of change platform and i do highly recommend uh, just based on our conversation with elizabeth today and all the wonderful tips and ideas and stories uh buy her book unlimited realities and it really will help you raise your consciousness um and live be in flow right that's what that's the objective is to be in flow with the universe and the last chapter is all about listening yes which we don't do elizabeth in our society we take turns talking at each other right well i think that it's going to be an eye-opener and hopefully it will help shift the world into peace love and harmony always absolutely um thank you again uh for being on and again i'll post all that information so you guys can click and get in touch with elizabeth easy peasy also you know i love to hear from you guys so email me directly and i do respond personally you can email me at connie at whitmanassos.com um if there's stories questions or topics you'd love me to you'd like me to cover on the show i am truly happy to do that um thank you again to my amazing brilliant guests today and i hope all of you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and easier than we think. Um, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. And remember that mantra that Elizabeth taught us today. I'm going to try to do it right, um, Elizabeth. Money comes to me quickly and easily and back out no, to no, do the good. No. no. Go ahead. Say, money, you say it. Yeah. M- money flows to me quickly and easily and back out to do the good. It's a flow, honey. It's a flow. It's That's a flow. it. It has to be a flow like air. It's not that you're grabbing it. It's flowing automatically. And on that note, guys, go and flow with the universe. I wish you well. Thanks again, Elizabeth. Been listening to the Architect of Change with your host Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.